Hey everyone, welcome back to the Barbell Medicine Podcast. I'm Dr. Jordan Feigenbaum. I hope you had a great weekend and happy new year. On this podcast, episode 265, we're going to take a deep dive into what happens with physical fitness as people age. Specifically, what happens to strength as we get older and what can we do about it? Now, this is an important consideration worldwide as the population is definitely getting older. For example, between 2019 and 2050, the number of persons age 65 or over globally is projected to more than double, while the number of children under 5 is projected to remain relatively unchanged. By 2050, there will be 1.5 billion people age 65 or over worldwide, which will outnumber adolescents and young adults age 15 to 24, and there will be twice as many older people as there are children under the age of 5. Now, the aging process can lead to various changes in the body of the older individual, which can negatively impact their health, quality of life, and fitness due to the loss of muscle mass, muscle strength, and cardiorespiratory endurance. In this podcast, I'm going to first focus on some of the mechanisms underlying the loss of muscle size and strength, and then I'll take you through some experimental data involving training and sport to see what this means in the real world. Finally, I'll make some practical recommendations for training expectations and management for older individuals. All right, so first, let's start off with some mechanisms. With the muscles themselves, one relatively recent finding is that older individuals tend to be more anabolically resistant than younger individuals. Now, anabolic resistance means that in response to a stimuli that would otherwise cause the muscle to grow, such as lifting weights or consuming dietary protein, that the increase in muscle protein synthesis and the suppression of muscle protein breakdown are blunted in older individuals compared to younger individuals. That's anabolic resistance. So in general, as people age, they become more anabolically resistant. There are also many medical conditions, virtually anyone that causes inflammation that increases anabolic resistance. But before we go any further, I want to make clear about the studies that we're about to talk about. They're not short-term studies in general because short-term studies are difficult to interpret because things like atrophy, so the decrease in muscle size, decrease in muscle mass, strength loss, sometimes called dynapenia, and power loss are more insidious and take longer to capture. Also, short-term changes in muscle protein synthesis or muscle protein breakdown are not necessarily predictive of long-term outcomes like changes in muscular strength, changes in muscular size, and things of that nature. Now, some of the longer-term studies use deuterium oxide. This is also called heavy water, and this can be administered to research subjects, and it will actually incorporate itself into the skeletal muscle protein, and it can be used to measure protein turnover over longer periods of time that show reduced anabolic stimulus in response to both dietary protein and resistance training in older individuals. So that's been seen a number of different times, and that's how we can feel pretty confident that there's some anabolic resistance that tends to go on in aging individuals, especially those with medical conditions and or those who are insufficiently active. Now, the mechanisms of anabolic resistance are an area of active research. It was originally thought that perhaps the absorption and resulting levels of amino acids in the blood after a protein-containing meal, that response is called hyperaminoacidemia. It was originally thought that this was less in older folks due to an absorption and or a digestion problem. While this can be true in individuals with medical conditions affecting absorption, so things like celiac disease, Crohn's, Recent data shows that protein absorption and the resulting levels of amino acids in the bloodstream are actually similar uh, to younger individuals, suggesting against absorption-related causes as the source of this decreased anabolic response or anabolic resistance. It was also thought that the decrease in muscle protein synthesis response, that anabolic resistance, might be due to impaired blood flow in general compared to younger individuals, which would thereby limit the delivery of amino acids to the muscle themselves. However, this hasn't turned out to be well-supported by research either. Rather, there seems to be something going on at the cellular level that tends to generate reduced muscle protein synthesis and greater muscle protein breakdown activity in older individuals. Indeed, there are multiple lines of evidence showing that there are multiple mediators of this pathway that produces muscle protein synthesis that end up being blunted in older adults. 
In addition, there may be a contribution from lower levels of satellite cells and reduced satellite cell activity in older adults. Now, satellite cells are effectively stem cells for muscles. They're heavily involved in muscle fiber regeneration and repair. It's not clear exactly that decreased satellite cell content and activity, both things that have been shown in older individuals, it's really not clear that they play a role in anabolic resistance, but this is a generally new area of research. Now, a number of other processes occur involving anabolic muscle signaling decrease with aging, such as an increase in fat deposition in the muscle. It's called intramuscular fat or IMF, as you might see. But the increase in fat deposition may actually increase insulin resistance at the level of the muscle, which would inhibit it from having this anabolic response that also actually increase inflammation. Now we know that both high levels of insulin resistance and inflammation, they both reduce muscle protein synthesis and allow for increased amounts of muscle protein breakdown, thereby maybe contributing to the anabolic resistance or working through a different mechanism. Outside of anabolic resistance though, there are other factors that play a role in the loss of muscle mass and muscle strength with aging. Likely the king of all associated factors, however, is reduced physical activity. Now, the recommendations have been out for a long time, over 30 years, but the first set of physical activity guidelines from the ACSM, that's the American College of Sports Medicine, well, they came out in 1978, and it wasn't until 1990 that they recommended that people do resistance training. They recommended folks do one set of 8 to 12 reps, moderate intensity resistance training exercises at least twice per week per muscle group. Now, the guidelines have expanded since then to include even more resistance training, but they've been around for over 30 years. But unfortunately, this hasn't resulted in a large uptake in lifting weights in the population who could use it the most. That's older people. Now, the prevalence for meeting muscle strengthening guidelines among U.S. adults has actually increased from 17.7% in 1998 to 27.6% in 2018 across all adults, but only about 18% or less than one in five adults over the age of 65 are currently hitting those same guidelines. Now, we know that reduced exercise, especially resistance training, reduces stimulus to maintain and improve muscle function while also increasing age-related anabolic resistance. Ultimately, this leads to a non-uniform loss of muscle strength and size. In this case, non-uniform means a greater loss in muscle strength than muscle size. For example, in one study, a group of older adults who lifted weights for six months then stopped lifting weights for another six months showed an increase in strength of nearly 50% on average at the end of the training period. That was followed by a loss of about 20% in strength during the period of detraining. However, muscle cross-sectional area did not change over the course of the study. A recent meta-analysis on older adults who were previously untrained and then lifted weights regularly for periods of two to six months and then stopped, well, muscle size loss wasn't significant until about six months later, despite losing strength after a month of detraining. In general, there's this non-uniform loss of strength and size that is related mostly to the time spent not lifting weights. As the period of detraining goes along, more strength appears to be lost, though this is nuanced. For example, maximal power or high velocity strength appears to decrease less over time than maximal low velocity force production, maximal strength, signifying that a loss in muscle power may be especially worrisome, indicating a big decline in muscle function. Now, another thing that happens with age is a loss of muscle fibers and motor units. The motor unit is a single nerve and all of the muscle fibers that it connects to or innervates. The nerve has its cell body in the anterior, also called the ventral horn of the spinal cord. In post-mortem examinations, there are fewer of these motor nerve cell bodies in the spinal cord, about 30% less in those over the age of 75 compared to younger individuals. Now, normally when we lose a muscle fiber, when it becomes disconnected from a motor nerve, it's highly susceptible to atrophy and loss unless it's rescued by another motor nerve nearby. Now, if that other motor nerve connects to the muscle fiber, that muscle fiber will persist and live on. But as long as this process carries on, that is, we're losing muscle fibers and it's being rescued by a 
nearby nerve, there's generally little effect on muscle size or strength. But when that rescue can no longer keep up for the losses, muscle size and subsequent strength tend to suffer. And this is one of the underlying processes in sarcopenia. And then, of course, there's the hormone hypothesis. Now, much has been made of the hormonal changes that happen with aging. It's said, for example, that age-related decrease in testosterone causes an age-related decrease in muscle size and strength, but I wouldn't be so sure about that. For example, multiple large recent studies have shown that older and younger men have similar testosterone levels, provided that the older individuals were healthy and active. In other words, any apparent age-related decrease in testosterone levels is likely not due to chronological aging per se, but rather in the accumulation of age-associated comorbidities or medical conditions, so things like obesity, diabetes, etc., that we know actually lower testosterone levels. In other words, testosterone can be viewed as a reflective marker of general health. We would expect levels to be generally lower in those with active disease conditions compared to those without. Yes, age is a risk factor for many disease processes, making older individuals likely to have lower testosterone levels and, due to anabolic resistance, reduced muscle function. However, it's unlikely that reduced testosterone levels in and of themselves are causal of the reduced muscle function outside of individuals with confirmed hypogonadism. Now, we have a bunch of podcasts and resources on testosterone. As Austin would say, we have way too many podcasts on testosterone. That's episodes 228, 232, 233 and 234. I've linked all of them in the description below. So if you want more info on this, you can check those out after this particular podcast. Okay, we'll get back to the age-associated loss in muscle mass and muscle strength right after this. This episode is brought to you by BetterHelp. After going to the gym, what's the first thing you'd do if you had an extra hour in your day? For me, I'd probably do some more reading or get outside of nature, maybe both. Whether we're talking about training, a dietary change, or just life, the best way to squeeze that special thing into your schedule is to know what's important to you. Therapy can help you find out what matters to you so you can do more of it. Of course, therapy isn't a single thing per se, but working with a licensed therapist may be helpful for many folks to learn positive coping skills, how to set boundaries, and overall empower you to be the best version of yourself. If you're thinking about starting therapy, give BetterHelp a try. It's entirely online and designed to be convenient, flexible, and suit you, the individual. Learn to make time for what makes you happy with BetterHelp. Visit betterhelp.com slash barbellpod today to get 10% off your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P dot com slash barbellpod for 10% off your first month. At Parker, our purpose is simple. We want to make the world a better place. By working more efficiently, by using more sustainable practices, by developing better technologies, we keep moving forward. With each new idea, innovation, and partnership, we're one step closer to fulfilling our purpose every single day. To find out more, visit parker.com slash purpose. Parker, engineering your success. Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich, but you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. Okay, so many studies have found that aging tends to reduce muscle mass starting around the fourth decade of life. That's the 30s for those counted at home, and it accelerates after that, after age 30. In subjects who are healthy but who don't exercise, it looks like the loss of muscle mass is about 
0.4 kilograms of muscle mass per decade in women and 0.8 kilograms of muscle mass per decade in men, with loss in the lower body being slightly higher or faster than that in the upper body. However, the loss in muscle size may not correlate well with loss in muscle strength, as age-related decreases in strength are far greater than the decline in muscle mass. In one study where they followed over 3,000 healthy men and women aged 70 to 79 for five years, their muscle strength went down by an average of 16% in men and 13% in women, whereas the muscle size only went down by an average of 5 and 3% in the men and women, respectively. Now, loss of both strength and size were worse in those who lost weight compared to those who gained or maintained weight. Again, these were 70 to 79-year-olds, but weight gain didn't seem to prevent strength loss significantly either. Overall, muscle strength seems to go down about 2 to 4% per year around age 50 or so, but again, that's in people who don't train. And these decreases aren't only due to decreases in muscle mass, but also neural mechanisms like reduced nerve firing rates, reduced conduction speed of the nerve impulse, and even uncoupling of the nervous excitation and muscle contraction mechanisms. That's called excitation contraction decoupling. Now, in most of the studies talked about so far, the subjects observed were not typically engaging in any sort of formal exercise, especially lifting weights. We know that skeletal muscle has a remarkable capacity to adapt to the demands imposed on it, a process known as muscle plasticity. And it doesn't seem like we lose this as we age. For example, one study showed that there was actually an increase in muscle fiber force production with resistance training in what the study called the oldest old group. That was a group of 87 to 90-year-olds. Now, if exercise can improve muscle fiber force production in a nonagenarian, can it prevent loss of strength with aging? Well, probably not if it doesn't include resistance training. For example, one study showed that over five years, individuals in their late 50s and early 60s who used running alone as their primary mode of exercise, but not resistance training, well, they lost about 5% of their peak isometric muscle strength in their legs despite no changes in fat-free mass. Now, if you think about that again, they didn't actually lose any muscle mass, but their strength did decline in the five years that they were monitored. Now, a recent meta-analysis, including 14 studies and over 1,000 different subjects, all with an average age of about 70, showed that lifting weights in a progressively loaded manner definitely increased strength. And this was demonstrated by an average leg press one repetition maximum increase of 25%, along with an increase in bone mineral density. Now, the same study actually showed that age had no significant effect on the positive change in strength or bone mineral density. And this is similar to another six-month study that we quote all the time. Now, in this study, it was a group of untrained men and women aged 19 to 78, and in the study, their strength increased an average of 21%, and their hypertrophy improved, that's their muscle size, by about 5%, though there were a wide range of results amongst individuals. Some individuals got much stronger, like 60% stronger, whereas other folks actually saw a decrease in strength, 8% down, for example. Importantly, though, neither the age or sex of the individual influenced the amount of strength or hypertrophy gained from the training program. Rather, individual results varied based on other factors, which are likely genetic in origin. Another study of 49 subjects aged 20 to 76 who did eight weeks of resistance training using 85 to 90% of their one repetition maximum on the leg press for four sets of four reps. They did that three times a week, and on average, they saw a 24% increase in their leg press 1RM. Again, there were no differences based on age or sex. What I'm trying to do is make the case that Older individuals remain or retain the muscle plasticity necessary to respond to resistance training, meaning that we don't continuously or reliably see older individuals get reduced amount of strength gain or muscle size gain from a training program. Now, if we go back to the original meta-analysis talking about how older individuals responded to strength training, 
It also showed that higher training frequencies, higher training volume, and higher training loads, that is intensity, seem to have the largest effects on strength and bone mineral density improvements. Now, another meta-analysis on resistance training programs in older individuals found a similar relationship between training volume and strength outcomes. In this analysis, which was 31 studies in over 1,700 different subjects with an average age of 68, they were doing resistance training programs for 6 to 24 weeks. The higher volume training programs continuously resulted in more strength gain, and this was particularly true during studies of longer duration. Now, it should be noted that training volume can be modified by training frequency. For example, you could do one set of squats on three separate days, or you could do three sets of squats on one day, and that would be the same amount of weekly volume, but done at different frequencies. Similar to other studies investigating the individual or unique effects of training frequency on training outcomes, training frequency overall has relatively little to do with training outcomes independently of training volume. Now, all of this suggests that older individuals likely retain enough muscle plasticity to respond well to resistance training, gaining similar amounts of relative muscle strength and size to younger individuals. It is possible that individuals with frank anabolic resistance may have blunted responses due to the processes that cannot be reversed, such as certain disease states, but age doesn't seem to play a large role in the reduced response to exercise at baseline. Still, we don't have a lot of good data on what happens over time to strength and size in those who have been training for a long time, no matter where they start, if they started early on in life or later in life. But we assume that because age doesn't seem to predict how well someone will respond to a strength training program, and that this type of training tends to increase muscle strength and size in nearly everyone once the programming is right, well, we think that doing this type of training can do two things. One, it can improve a previously untrained individual's strength at pretty much any time of their life. And two, it can stop or at least slow down muscle strength loss that's associated with aging. But again, we don't know whether or not we can stop strength loss completely, not only in a previously untrained individual who started exercising later in life, or somebody who's been strength training for a whole lifetime. We just don't know. And a recent question on the forum actually kind of prompted me thinking about this, like when does the loss of strength become out of your control? In other words, if you kept training throughout your 20s, 30s, 40s, and so on, how long could you keep improving your strength or even maintain it? Those are two separate questions, of course, but what about a 50-year-old who starts lifting and gets much stronger? Could they maintain their strength into their 70s or beyond? I mean, when is the peak? When are you gonna be the strongest you've ever been? And how long can you maintain it? So I thought it would be a good idea to kind of review some of the literature. It's been a while since I peaked at this, and I thought I'd share with you kind of what I found. Um, so peak powerlifting and weightlifting performance by age has been studied a number of different times, and there are significant differences observed between different weight classes, specific lifts, and gender, all in relation to like peak age of performance. On average, though, peak performance in powerlifting uh, is around 35 years of age, plus or minus about seven years. And in Olympic weightlifting, it's about 26 years of age, plus or minus about three years. Now, a similar powerlifting-only study also found a similar result with peak performance in the late 20s to early 30s. However, these data sets are cross-sectional in nature. So they're looking at strength performance of different people at different ages, not how do individual competitors' strength change over time. And a brand new study actually did this, where they looked at the changes in strength over time in a large retrospective sample of powerlifting athletes. So they used the open powerlifting data set, and the researchers pulled over 35,000 different records on nearly 7,000 athletes, ranging from under 18 to over 70 years of age, to see how their strength changed over time. 
Now, for completeness, they restricted their analysis to only IPF-sanctioned meets or IPF affiliates, and they only did full meets, so that is everyone competed in the squat, the bench press, and the deadlift. It wasn't like a deadlift only or a bench only or push-pull meet, and they excluded any of the results where the lifter bombed out, meaning that they failed all attempts for at least one lift and then were subsequently disqualified from the meet. And then finally, to be included in the analysis, an athlete had to compete at least three times at a minimum. Now, the researchers found that on average, competitors saw a relatively rapid strength progression within the first year, about 75 to 12.5% gains over the first year, which increased up to about 20% after 10 years. Females tended to have a steeper increase or more rapid gain in strength. Now, the researchers think that this was due to a likely lower level of starting strength, but I think it's you know, kind of interesting when people get into the sport. In general, people are afraid to compete the first time because they feel like they're not strong enough. And I don't know if there's a gender difference in where that feeling, where that inflection point is, but that could be a difference in people's, quote, baseline strength at their first competition and then what is their sort of improvement over time. And the researchers also found that there was reduced strength gain observed with increased baseline age, but there was still a positive improvement in strength performance until M3 and M4 levels for men, which are the cutoffs for the 60 plus and 70 plus year old age divisions, respectively. Now, there were four actual competitors in the M4 data set who met the criteria for the study and who showed an average decline of 5% strength in over 14 years of data. So, not a relatively rapid decline despite being in the plus 70 age division. Interestingly, though, women's strength kept improving in the M3 and M4 divisions with 5% and 2.5% improvements observed in these groups, respectively. Now, it would have been cool to see even longer-term data, so effectively what happened in folks that you have data for over 10 years, 15 years, 20 years, for example, and just restrict the analysis to that. That would have been more telling for this particular relationship, but it was an interesting study and data set nonetheless. And to me, it suggests that while peak strength performance in a relatively sterile sport environment like powerlifting, I mean, if you think about it, we're just squatting, benching, and deadlifting, yeah, well, that's likely to occur in an individual's 30s if they started training much earlier. In contrast, if you don't start lifting that early in life, it seems like you can get stronger later in life and stay strong for a relatively long time. People who have trained for strength are also apparently able to maintain their strength for long periods of time, perhaps into their 50s, though people who start lifting in their 50s might not reach their peak until much, much later. Taken together, though, it seems like legitimate strength training is likely to reverse most of the typical age-associated changes in muscle function that we see in those who don't exercise. Unfortunately, most people don't lift weights, and those who would benefit from it the most, that is, older individuals, especially women, do it even less. Less than one in every five adults over the age of 65 in America lifts weights, and of that, men are almost twice as likely to do it than women. If we factor in people with various medical conditions, who again would benefit from lifting weights the most, those who have the highest amounts of anabolic resistance, the participation rate really needs a kick in the pants. Now, lifting weights is for pretty much everyone who is able to do so, but we should especially encourage folks in their 40s, 50s, 60s, and beyond to do so. We should also probably encourage these folks to consume a bit more protein in order to combat the potential underlying anabolic resistance due to aging, insufficient activity, and underlying health conditions. It's not much more protein, to be honest. It's about an extra 40 to 50 grams a day for most folks in order to get to that 1.6 grams of protein per kilogram of body weight per day mark. If you combine a bit more protein with an intelligent lifting program that includes a variety of different exercises to train all of the major muscle groups through long ranges of motion using a variety of different rep ranges at relatively challenging intensities at a relatively high volume, well, you've got yourself a recipe 
for a DIY anti-aging cocktail. All right, that's it for this episode of the Barbell Medicine Podcast. If you like this episode, please share it with a friend and leave us a five-star review. Hope you have a great week and happy new year. Thanks for listening. Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich, but you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba.